0: I'm Muriel, and I'm Nick, and welcome to Hella Ella in, in Your, your 30s.
1: 30s. This week, we debate television shows. Let's do yoga, let's get fit, let's do jumping jacks, and we'll get rich, but oops, I found that bottle of gin underneath the sink again, so tomorrow's a new day, let's order pizza everyone
0: and welcome to Hella in Your 30s. This is a podcast for people of all ages, all about navigating this dystopian world we live in.
1: Welcome to the family. If this is your first time listening to us, man, you've got, you just got a, this is Nick, this is Muriel. We've got open arms. We're just embracing you and bringing you into the fold. Thank you so much for tuning in. It feels like a miracle every time we get a new listener and we love you for it. We do love you very much. Um, we hope you're doing well. So I guess just this pandemic is going to never end. We don't know. The other thing that will never end, quality content on the old streaming devices. That's right.
0: We've been really like active lately. Like we've been like barbecuing (laughs) and like uh, fostering cats and doing all this stuff. And I realized like we really haven't like sat down and really talked TV and TV is becoming in the pie chart of our life. <laughs> yeah, it's devouring right. up so many other things. It's it's every
1: night at this point.
0: Which is not, I mean, like Nick and I lived for years without even a TV. Yeah. Like right. we didn't have a TV for our first two apartments or something like that. Yeah, for sure. And just didn't watch anything. And then we would only have stuff you could rent movies for, like yeah, a, right. stuff with like a DVD player. Yeah. But yeah. like no streaming services. Yeah. So this is like fairly new to us in the last five or six years
1: yes for sure
0: and it's i i never had been in the habit of watching tv and then lately
1: (laughs) since the pandemic especially it's not even a
0: habit man i'm like yum yum gimme gimme (laughs) no it's i mean you're right
1: it's is it i mean i guess that is for me maybe it is literally the definition of a habit it's just you do it automatically like what are we going to do tonight like we watch tv literally every night now
0: I, i mean and i think like For me, I'm like, I would like to do that, please. Yeah, right. I want to just not talk. (laughs) I wanna well, you (laughs) know That's impossible for us. (laughs) But I wanna like kinda just zone out, yeah, be entertained, not spend any money, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right.
1: Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera,
0: et cetera. So I feel like but what thing has been exciting lately, yeah, is that um, we've been introducing each other to different shows Mm -hmm. and we've been um having lively urbane debates <laughs> yeah right. about different shows but i also kind of am like feeling like i want to s- tell the world about some shows that they should be watching now these <laughs> shows are not new shows <laughs>
1: right yeah this is not cutting edge uh you know finger on the pulse of society type critiques
0: what we're looking for right now like yeah. what we're really doing is being like okay this is i think where we're all at yeah like there is a lot of good new tv you know yeah. but because of streaming and all of these like archived things that are yeah. coming out, there's all these shows that I think you're like, Oh, I never watched that. And you're going back. Right. Like we're all back cataloging. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, we're just like, that's, I think it's a weird time. Cause you're not like sitting here going like, oh, did you see the new episode of game of Thrones? Yeah, right. Like nothing's in production.
2: You yeah, know what I right. mean? Like mm-hmm. we're
0: just all sitting here watching back catalogs of shit. Yeah. Right. And so it's interesting to be sitting here talking about shows, like the newest one we're gonna talk about was maybe made like came out what like six years ago. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: probably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one of these, of these reality like things from the nineties? One of these reality things might be newer than that. It was funny, we were sitting there and just apropos of nothing, you go, you know, in my heart of hearts, what I really want, and I really had no idea what you were gonna say, and he's to go, you just go, is to rewatch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Damn. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm
0: like, you know, I mean, there's nothing going on. We're stuck in our stupid house. We're broke. We can't go to the movies. Yeah, We can't see our friends. You can't go out to
1: eat. Well, actually, you kind of can now. Like, now we're in that gray zone. We can't. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. I
0: mean, like, things are reopening, but who's got a job now? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, getting yeah, yeah. darker and darker for yeah. lots of people. But I, I, I just went, went and recently did, like, a like a small project with a couple people uh, like some people I hadn't seen in a while and yeah. I was like so what's up like are you still working yeah you know like that's the new conversation starter and they're like oh I was really lucky to work up until last month yeah but right. now we're getting that second wave of right. people where like we lost our jobs right away yeah right and then just like didn't get them back but then now you're in that second wave where they're like yeah we totally hold, held on <laughs> yeah, until <right>. July <laughs> yeah and then they laid us all off yeah and like right. so I was lucky in that you know but you're also kind of like man that's like, it's crazy to start
1: to see, like, these yeah. job losses. Well, even in the headlines, it's like, I don't know, I just saw today another one. It was like SeaWorld or something. They were like, SeaWorld uh, announces all of those furloughs are actually permanently gone. Oh, Really? Yeah, that's you. I'm noticing more and more headlines where all these people are like, all those layoffs are now permanent job losses.
0: Oh my God. I'm so glad those PPP plans worked. I know. I just can't even with this country. (laughs) Anyways, I mean, you know what I mean. You know, we're all just in here complaining. But, (laughs) but I mean, I am saying like, you, A, movie theaters are closed. Yeah. B, you can see your friends, but you can't really like kick it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to like a party or you're not like even getting, like, we have like a, like a friend group yeah it's like eight people strong and like maybe 10 with like significant others yeah and we're all too nervous to get together you know what I mean like it's definitely like
1: there's not a lot to do well and then in addition to that there's this whole other wave of shit that's like and I think we kind of fit into this where it's like but this isn't that bad you know like it's kind of nice to just like chill and to have like any sort of idea of hanging out or socializing is just sort of like goals or a job (laughs) yeah any sort of sense of the future yeah to let go of some of that is in this weird way relaxing and it's like you know, you and I try to be productive on some level every day. And then the question is, you know, do we go to 3 p.m. or 5 p.m. in terms of being productive? Because about that time, almost it's, no matter what, it's, it's going to be a big drop off. Yeah, big we're going to start getting lazy. We're going to have some dinner and we're going to eventually hit the couch and watch some TV. Well,
0: I think all that to say, yeah. I've never been more grateful for the like insane amount of like TV shows that I have access to right now. Yeah, right. I never used to care. Yeah. And I right. didn't watch that much TV. It always
1: seemed sort of like, oh, I, I mean, I guess it's nice to know you could watch Dharma and Greg or right. something. But I, I, I would just
0: always be like, oh, I want to like I don't know, drink a bottle of wine and clean my house.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I just was
0: like, whatever, but now that's every night. (laughs) So it's like way less interesting. Yeah. So if you're super busy all week and you're stressed, blah, blah, blah. And then like your incredible, wonderful, awesome spouse is getting the fuck out of that. Your way for like a week, like a night, Yeah. you know, it's like they're working. Then like, you're like, Oh my God. Like this is my dream night. Like all of 2019 (laughs) is like maybe one night a week. You would be working and i would not have any i wasn't like teaching any classes or doing any coaching i was like i had one night totally free yeah i would eat exactly what i wanted which was either a frozen pizza or pasta (laughs) and then i would and exactly the way i wanted it Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. and in a fatty way that i wouldn't make if you were home (laughs) and then i would just drink a bunch of wine and listen to podcasts and just like slowly clean my whole house that's my favorite thing yeah but that doesn't have it's like eating too much cake right I don't want that cake anymore
1: right you know what I mean like I
0: had that cake for six months right Now I have to find another way to kill my brain.
1: Yeah. And it just turns out the cake that you really want is television.
0: I can't believe it. I am so into television these days. I I love it. (laughs) Never loved it. I love. Okay. That's where we're going. Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah. I love (laughs) television. It is my whole life. I dedicate myself to you, thy television. Yes. My husband. (laughs) (laughs) I try to do like a Benedictine prayer or something. Yeah. It was very
0: odd. It was uh thy what did you say i don't know was i dedicate just like, myself
1: to thy what's the uh how does it how does, how does it sound when you go to church uh so when you, uh oh no, no. that's Lion king uh. <laughs> <laughs> easy boy know. easy i don't know mira and i are getting texts from the same people but i think it's just my brothers okay um so the show that i think we're both we, we have differing opinions on things you know
0: i would like to start yes with king of the hill
1: okay so this is one we're both on the same page about
0: okay and that's fine but this is what we're starting with okay and we might be fight i mean what we're not fighting urbanely debating (laughs) or we might be in agreement yeah but listen right now and we've kind of mentioned this like maybe offhandedly because we're obsessed yeah king of the hill is way better than you remember
2: it it's yeah if
0: you're out here hanging out and you're around our age like Like, if you're around your 30s, you know, maybe you're, like, late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. You might have been a little too young to get it. And The Simpsons, like, created this precedent where, like, The Simpsons is obviously, like, an adult cartoon show. Yeah. But kids could watch it.
2: Right. And it was totally
0: appealing to kids. Yeah. Funny, great. Like, you know, people grew up on The Simpsons. Like, my, you know, like, I've my dad like used to ban us from watching the simpsons yeah but like because he said it was gross and homer simpson's gross bad morals this right. man i'm like what are you saying <laughs> uh this it's like uh, uh there's so many things i could say
1: he's like throwing shotgun shells at the stray cat that he lets <laughs> live in his kitchen I he's know, like I mean,
0: this show
1: <laughs> is irresponsible
0: i think really what i'm trying like to say like lighting
1: is, cigarettes off the gas stove
0: my father is an outrageous person yeah. and so him saying the simpson was, was too much when he showed me total recall when i was seven yeah is just like Okay.
1: God, how did total recall just took over at the Triple Boobs thing? The woman with three boobs, like all the kids knew about it. I knew about that before I knew who Arnold Schwarzenegger was.
0: Well, you know, blue people's mind and that makeup yeah. was good. Yeah. Total recall is a, my like my dad showed us total recall. My brother was probably like I don't know. He had to be like five. Yeah. And so then he used to hide it under the couch so no one could watch it. Your brother did. Yeah. You got too scared. It was too scary because he's a little guy. Yeah. That's insane. And then my dad's like, you got to watch this. Watch Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like, we can't watch this. Simpsons. Yeah, it yeah,
1: was yeah. so weird. God, that sounds like the best reason ever to have kids. Just to shield them from things you think are dumb, but then expose them to things that you think are like, heavy i mean i know? think
0: that's like the only reason to have kids yeah, right it's like right, that's how you're right. shaping your brain their brain you're yeah. like this is something that you should that should be a normal thing in your life yeah. and this thing is not at all allowed right and that can you know make sense to some people to others <laughs> yeah, yeah. or those children could grow up and be like what the fuck was that that was so <laughs> yeah. bizarre right you know but yeah. king of the hill
1: okay king of the hill is so in so much better than i can ever remember it being and i remember always think he was good and kind of liking it and whatever but i never got into it except for i remember the one episode where uh some buddhist monks come into town and they think that bobby might be the next dalai lama yeah and i remember watching this episode and
0: oh wait he's not the he's a llama,
1: a llama. right so they think they've they basically there's like Well, I I don't remember very... I don't uh, remember almost none of the details. The only details I remember from this episode blowing my mind back in the day. One of the monks is standing drinking beers with the four dudes in the alley. Yeah. And uh, one of them looks at the monk and goes, how long you been celibate for? And the monk goes, three years. And then there's a beat. And Bill just goes... The fourth is the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. It just like, it was so funny. Uh. The timing was so perfect. And then, and then in the end, uh, they put Bobby to this test, right? And the, they lay out all these objects on the uh, lawn, on this blanket. And they say, just choose one of the objects. And th- this test will prove whether or not well know, the it's a bunch llama. of
0: objects but then one of the objects belong to the re- the the llama that they right. think that has been reincarnated right. to bobby so, so if he chooses of- the right object then he's, he's the, the, the llama.
1: llama right so he looks at all of the objects and one of the objects is a mirror and as he approaches the mirror the reflection of his girlfriend con jr who lives next door connie is in it and he points to the reflection and he says i choose connie and that stuck with and that means he's not the llama right because he chose a person and not an object and now he's he's basically saying like i choose to love this woman this girl if you as were in our to, house
0: you would hear nico i'm crying well, okay so, so
1: anyway my point is <laughs> is that i remember those two scenes right but i don't remember anything else and then when we re that episode this time it was so like the whole buildup to it is really incredible because yeah, yeah. Connie's parents who are always trying to like show off to all the white hillbillies and be better than them is having this big party. And they think that the, the all the monks have said, like we believe this area has all this strong energy. You know, we think the next llama is right in yeah. this area. So of course, uh, con and Min think it's going to be Connie. Right. So they're like trying to have this party to like, you know, present to the whole world that yeah. their daughter is the new llama. And then, but then this other kid's parents are bringing him over for the same reasons. And then Bobby, to distract the llamas from, or to distract the monks from thinking this kid is special, like picks up one of the canes and starts doing like a dumb prop comic dance. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he picked the object, right? So that's why they think it's him. So the whole setup. To this thing is incredible, and of course it's Don't just like. Don't you dare say the whole episode word for word. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, man. Can I be honest you with you? To Can that? I be completely honest with <laughs> yes. you? I really want to do. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> just like, how long is this going to take?
1: Thirty minutes, twenty one minutes. That's how long the, the episode. Least, is. I just can't believe you just did that. <laughs>
0: I was like, yeah yeah that was a funny bit you're like and then and then I was like please, please okay anyway the rest of the fucking podcast will not be a play by play of
1: episodes you haven't seen okay anyways my point being what? I'll just cut to the point yes the episode was so much better and richer than even I remember it it's it was so just good. it's amazing good. like um uh,
0: like Mike judge plays like uh the the lead guy Hank like the, Hill yeah. it's like the cast is insane. Yeah, it's like Brittany Murphy, who like R.I.P., is an insanely talented voice actress. Yeah, it's like you've seen her; she's a great actress, right? You know, but like she's so funny in yeah. this. Pamela Adlon is like you know like starring as Bobby. Right. Kathy najimi who's like if you don't know, that's that. Uh, the the uh, thick nun from Sister Act with a high voice. <laughs> yeah. she's so funny. Yeah, like she's a hilarious comedic actress. Yeah, but as Peggy Hill. Yeah. like I mean, you can't think of a better like. Like sometimes, like I feel, you know, with voice work and cartoons yeah. and stuff, it's, it's like famous people get those gigs. Yeah, right. And they do okay. You know, like right, yeah, and and they're funny and they're good actors, but it's not like a like a vocal talent. Right. You know, when you listen to a really good VO person, yeah. like I was thinking about like Bob's burgers, like Kristen mm-hmm. Schaal yeah, yeah. is like, has, she does Kristen Shawl, Yeah. And like, that's her bit. And it sounds right. just like her. She's right. on like a TV show or doing anything. Right. She doesn't have like this rich vocal talent right the idea is you cast her because people know her name right right? and because
1: the voice is kind of familiar and she has a funny personality that they can put through this character
0: right and she's funny you know whatever but it's like it's not like you it's annoying a lot of the time to me because then you're like really it's just like the thing that i cannot stand where like they did sweeney todd yeah and it's an operetta it's just like the most difficult score to sing and then you have johnny depp playing the lead yeah and he might have had a band and he might be Johnny Depp, but he is not a good singer. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. just like ridiculous to watch this incredible baritone role go to yeah. somebody who can't really do it. Yeah. And it sucks. You know, like that's just annoying to me when that happens. So then anyways, but like the cast in, in this show in King of the Hill. Yeah. There are some famous people in this cast. Right. But above and beyond, they're incredible voice actors.
1: Right, yeah. You know,
0: like, that is... They're, they're making
1: huge character choices. Huge! Yeah.
0: And, like, Kathy Najimy doesn't sound anything like Peggy Hill. Yeah, right. You can hear, a, like, a little whisper of it. But, I mean, like, just the dynamic that she brings to it and, like, the kind of crazy passionate, you yeah. know, like... Because the whole animation of the thing is very... Um, kind of like beavis and butthead right it's very simplistic in a lot of ways right but the voices are just off the charts like hyper color you know like the way that they do all of the voice work is just right really exciting and the
1: directing of the animation is so incredible like there's laugh mm-hmm. out loud you know jokes built in punchlines throughout every episode that's just like hank hills like eyebrows you know, going down or when he blushes. Yeah. Like when people like all the like humanistic directing of it is, is through the roof remarkably like spot on and poignant. Yeah. And whatever the beautiful Venn diagram of like simplistic animation meets like incredible directing. It just hits a sweet spot in this way that, you know, is, is I, I think it was hard for me to realize the level they were operating on when i would watch it originally no we were kids out. yeah you know
0: what i mean like we yeah. were like 12 or something like yeah that, or 10 you know like even if you even if i was 16 or 17 yeah. i don't think i really would have gotten like how good it is yeah right i mean okay i'm not gonna go play by play because uh you know just for brevity's sake
1: <laughs> come but on do some play by play. i
0: will say this yeah I have a couple favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so excited for Dick to see it. I remembered a little more of it than he yeah. did. I think I might have watched a little more. So, you know, there's there the whole thing is centered around like this sort of small town art in Texas. Arlen, Texas. 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 Yeah. And so it's just a propane salesman and his wife, who's a substitute teacher, and their son, and then their neighbors, right? right. So that's like everybody who lives around. And it stars Hank and Peggy Hill. So, right. Kathy Najimi is. The wife, Mike Judge, is the husband, and they're excellent, right? Uh, So their neighbor, Bill, any (laughs) episode that Bill stars in is my favorite episode. (laughs) So they have this neighbor, and he's the saddest guy (laughs) in the world. So he's kind of balding. He only wears like a white tank top. It's usually pretty dirty. Yeah, he's gross. He's pretty gross, and he's... (laughs) He's sad so he's like a weirdo so he's a he's a barber for the military yeah. yeah and and uh you know that's like his job and his wife has left him and he has not dated anyone for like since she left him on christmas eve right? yeah so uh you know it's like every little tiny reveal of him is like Hank goes into his house and he still has the Christmas presents underneath the dead Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Or from like, like four
1: Christmases ago like four when four she Four Christmases left ago. Yeah, and Like
0: yeah. one time, like Peggy Hill fell out of an airplane and her chute didn't open and so she had broken a bunch of bones and she had a uh, body cast on yeah and she finally got it off and they threw it in the garbage and bill went and got it (laughs) and then made it into a peggy doll because he's (laughs) in love with peggy and so like people will see like and those are all like c d stories like like just little tidbits of like how weird this guy is yeah he like eats you know out of a can over the sink yeah he's like pretty um also like really passive and like kind of like okay like he doesn't make any decisions for himself right. yeah he, he looks no- up to
1: hank he kind of worships hank and wants his life yeah and he's in love with peggy and he's you know he doesn't assert himself in any way
0: no he's like the most passive person even though he's got this like super dark core
1: yeah
0: uh so all of the episodes that star him are great there's two that come to mind that my favorite yeah, yeah one of them is he, around christmas Peggy had had enough of his crap and was like, I don't want him around for like every single Christmas. Yeah. And he snapped. Yeah. And he... Uh, so first, he's like, he's pretty weird. He gets an iguana. Like, <laughs> yeah. things are going downhill, you know. He's, like, really, like, starting to get weirder and weirder. And everybody's like, okay, God damn it, Bill. And then he tries <laughs> to kill himself by jumping off his roof and strangling himself with Christmas lights. Yeah. And they have to save him. And it's, like, very impotent, sort of odd things. Yeah. Until... He uh, dresses up like his ex-wife yeah. and has a psychotic break and thinks he's his wife Lorene yeah. and uh, uh, and goes to the Hank's Christmas party. Yeah. You know, and so he's like at the Christmas party. He's like, oh, "I'm Lorene. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't be rude." Yeah. <laughs> he's like wearing everybody's just like, "What's going on?" He's wearing this like long dress. And then Hank, like you know, to fix that, he's like, "No, no!" We're, he runs upstairs and like puts on one of Peggy's dresses and runs downstairs. He's like, "Oh, great, Bill! We're having a dress party. <laughs> yeah. Didn't y'all get the notice?" You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like very sweet.
1: Yeah, every episode really like hits like the it's all every problem is solved with like a good natured, heartwarming twist. Yeah, and then yeah. that
0: same guy, definitely um, Bill. Also, uh, they go to <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> I won't go too far dude. too See, <laughs> to explain all these things. So they go to New Orleans and they're he's like, Well, do you mind if I you know he's like, Do you mind if I take a stop down um at my like ancestral home? Right. Like yeah. my aunt lives here. Yeah. And they're like, Okay, and he's like this huge loser. And they get into like uh Louisiana and they get into New Orleans. And he's out there speaking like Patois to everyone. He like speaks like fluent Patois. And everybody's just looking at him like what he's like, you know, speaking this like fluent and then like doing the spoon dance, and doing all this stuff. And they're just like, where did that come from? And it just ends with like, he shows up to this house where his aunt lives and his, his, uh, three cousins. So two of the cousins are by marriage. And one of the cousins is his blood cousin. And they're all first cousins. And, uh, they show up and it's just like straight out of a Tennessee Williams play. It's like kind of like a cat on a hot tin roof yeah, where everybody's yeah. just walking, going like, "I'm Wilton." Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this like super like flamboyant like uh like a male cousin uh who like spies on Bill and like like sits on a couch in the dark and smokes a cigarette <laughs> while he's like trying to have sex with one of the cousins.
1: I know, and Bill goes, "How long have you been there?" And the guy just slams <laughs> goes, 35 years." <laughs> I also love like there's a setup too where the great aunt is like explaining to Peggy the deal that these three women are all going to clearly want to sleep with bill to try to get the family fortune. Yeah. But no one knows which one is the blood cousin. Right. And then, so the, this Southern lady like goes into this big long thing and it just like, couldn't be more Tennessee Williams. And then there's a beat and Peggy goes, Oh my God, it's straight out of Shakespeare. (laughs)
2: So that one is like really, really good. The other thing that's happening that whole time
1: (laughs) is Hank is like, of course, completely freaked out and like can't handle any of these flamboyant ways. <laughs> but Bobby, his son, is just like so... So into it just like showing up like a dandy to the, like the dinner table well
0: they open a whole like old closet with bill's old clothes <laughs> yeah. and it's like short pants and like bow ties <laughs> yeah. and these like long elegant dressing jackets <laughs> yeah.
1: so they like get to the table right and uh and uh bobby sits next to the flamboyant cousin and uh he starts talking but hank is like doesn't want bobby to talk to him so he sits down next to the cousin instead and he's like so uh how are those saints looking this year and then, <laughs> <laughs> the my cousin goes uh, well I don't pay much attention to saints but sinners are always looking good that was <laughs> <It's like>, oh, <laughs> oh, so good
0: so Anyway, that's a play by play of King yeah. of the all <laughs> it's just hard because the bits are so good and if you haven't seen it just watch it yeah. it's funny as hell
1: and it's so feel good and it's just like so incredibly well done,
0: and it's like embarrassing in this great way (laughs) like like i think that it captures this thing that i think in modern tv is a little hot like people miss a lot Mm -hmm. this is my big sort of like overarching judgment of this thing yeah the people don't always win they lose a lot. Yeah. But at the end, you still feel good. It's right. not just this like gah, 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 of like eighty thousand losses right. and there's just no love. You know, like I feel like that's like this trend with TV where like, you know, having it somehow resolve in a way that feels good is like hokey. But it's yeah. like, I think it's so this is such a satisfying thing. And to be able to create an arc through from characters that are like yeah. losing and like very flawed. And embarrassingly flawed. And have like, you know, like these, you know, poorly held ideals or like, you know, like make these huge mistakes. To find a way that resolves those things that is like true to the core of their characters is really hard. It's not just like wrap a bow on it. Yeah, right. No, it's like it's a a feat of
1: storytelling. It's a feat of story. And it's always like satisfying and wonderful. I mean, I think what happened is like. Ricky Gervais, in when The the Office came out in, in the UK. It was just sort of like this trend started to happen, and like Will Ferrell does it a lot. They did it in the, with the Office, but to a lesser extent here in the U.S. Danny McBride really does it. Yeah, which is the joke is this person is so unself-aware; they're like just a complete asshole, like um, like Zach Galifianakis in back, Baskets or right, something like which that. Which is just
0: like it, there, at a certain point to me, yeah, I'm like, this is a one-trick pony. I don't even care how good it is. It's just right. like eventually you're like I know what's going to happen every episode this guy's gonna get shit on because right. he's a terrible person right and but he's gonna be the- so
1: confident and cocky that he won't see it it's still at the very end you kind of get a glimpse of how deeply insecure this person really is
0: right and then it's just like you just get this I, like I don't think I'm not saying there's not a place for that yeah but I think it is the heart I just feel like it's lazy I think that there's some sort of substitution. It's like, oh, because it's poignant, it means it's complicated. Yeah. And I think like if you just la- like lean on that thing over and over again, and it's like these sad resolutions. Yeah. To me, I'm like, I like do something else. Like this is, you know, like I was thinking about Fleabag. Yeah. Like I loved that show. Yeah. Me it's too. like an amazing show. Uh, I thought it was just so fun. Yeah. And like she loses. But there's always this sort of like there's this backbone of joy, you know, Mm -hmm. or this way that the narrative kind of works so hard to knit everything together. So at the end, it's a satisfying thing. Yeah. You know, so even if you're watching her, the joke is that she's constantly going to fail. Right. And you're watching her fail. But inside that fail, there's all these tiny wins and it's complicated. And like, you know, it's like you can't tell which way it's going to resolve because she could win you know right totally
1: i think like marvelous mrs mazel is sort of like that in that she she fails all the time and like her life is kind of crumbling but throughout the narrative she's constantly leveling up right so she does get these Wins. Yeah, she, you know, suddenly she's on tour and she messes that up and then bombs that and learns that lesson and her that thing is failing. But then, like, but that's a win over here. Like she's constantly like winning and leveling up. And then what's cool is like what kind of challenges and struggles and failures can you have after you get to that next level?
0: Right, it's a like classic kind of storytelling thing of like if this, then what else? Like yeah, a right. world building exercise. Right, you know, it's like if this, then what else is only interesting if we're really ex- like if it's if this then this yeah you know at, at a certain point it's just like I get it I don't you know like sometimes I'm like like I love the office the the U.S. office I, yeah. I loved it it was so fun yeah I really it iconic yeah I don't mind like if you're in love with the characters and you're in love with the story and you could just watch that happen all the time yeah you know like I'm not saying it's impossible to watch but I guess especially when it's just like always sad over and over and over again. Yeah. I just am like.
1: Well, another thing that I've been doing in since this quarantine stuff uh-huh. is as like taking notes that I forget about entirely. Uh-huh. Right. Like way more. So I used to like take notes and then I, I just re, used to remember that I took them. And now I just like, when did I write that? So I did a, come across a roast of you. You in roasted my me? I did. I said, uh, I said, you're. Half all of the characters of no, I said okay. Here it is. So, <laughs> I said you're uh, all of the king. Oh wait, damn it!
0: You <laughs> yourself. I didn't
1: even have to do anything. Let me see if I can find it.
0: Ah, uh, that's just so satisfying. Ah, uh, you're you half.
1: Can't... Here it is. You're half every character from King of the Hill and half black. <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, roast as
0: complicated as your personality Anyways, let's go to the ad <laughs> It's yet another week Where we are giving you an ad On our own volition yes. Pretty soon you're going to get some Terrible, terrible HelloFresh ad yeah, But right. until then you're going to get a unique And wonderful plug from Nick and Muriel About our patreon
1: it is the very best way to support the podcast helps us do what we do plus you get two patreon only episodes a month and those episodes don't have any ads in them <laughs> <laughs> it <is> self-imposed ads <laughs> okay great so then the other thing that happens is people hate patreon or they just don't want to do it but sometimes and actually pretty often a lot of you people are really wonderful and impulsive and just want to send us some dollars which you can do via Venmo at Hell in Your 30s or via PayPal hellinyour30s at gmail.com send us a couple of bones we'll give you a shout out yeah and, uh, that's
0: right if you want to and you know like if you send us a couple bones for something like I want them to try this weird beer that I like yeah right send us a couple bones we'll go buy that beer. Yeah. we'll tell you about it yeah hell you yeah know? Like we like we're just out here just thirsty little thirsty little people out in LA so. see isn't this
1: more <laughs> fun than hearing about on it.com or Supplements or Blue Chew. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: like I tried Brooklyn and Sheets and let me tell you, they are amazing. Way better than my Target Sheets. Just kidding, never tried them.
1: Okay, all right. That was, see, this is, you guys have it good and you don't even know how good you have it. All right.
0: <laughs> okay, well, are you ready to party? Yeah! Now, I'm going to do something. It's not philosophical. It's not, uh, you know, like really smart It's not anything,
1: (laughs) except for- Hold on, I'm so sorry. We did have to, we deleted a whole site. We talked about one show where we thought we could be philosophical and smart about it. Then afterwards, we looked at each other like, do we really just want to shit on that show? I was like,
0: no, what are you talking about? And the other thing that I really want to say about it is that the only show I want to talk about is Chopped. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what am I kidding? How much of that, what TV shows am I watching? I'm going to be real. Reality TV is still where it's at. And food related reality TV is for some reason to me yeah. absolutely hysterical. Yeah. I, okay, so I'm gonna just kind of like lay this out, okay? Sure. So here's the thing. So, Chopped, if you haven't seen it, um, is one of my favorite TV shows in the world. <laughs> it's so good. So, they have four chefs, they come into a fully outfitted kitchen then you have judges, right, that are all, like, really crazy judges, like very good judges. Um, And Well,
1: yeah, they're not crazy judges. They're they're just high-ranking, like, culinary personalities. They're
0: culinary personalities that own, like, multiple restaurants that are, like, really killing it on the scene. I mean,
1: you did say crazy judges, so I was thinking, like, oh, okay, that's, like, like, like a clown. No, no, uh, no, sorry. (laughs) I
0: just mean, like, crazy talented. (laughs) So, like, really, but foodies, you know? Like, sometimes you'll watch it, like, I think like Iron Chef has like celebrity guests sometimes and they right. Like, it's like
1: no one I wants really to hear what like that... this
0: little sour part. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, Ah, shut up. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah. You had a hit single in two thousand one. Why are you Why here? Are You Here?
0: So these are like really like people who super critique and like their critiques I learn yeah. about cooking from yeah. listening to them talk about food right and they do it in this amazing way also which i don't even think we've talked about
1: well i don't really like this show so i don't need to hear
0: this so So we haven't talked about we haven't talked about this is that they're teaching judges like a lot of the time when they critique like a round of food of cooking they give notes that you're then expected to incorporate into the next round right yeah you're like so that's not true of a lot of like Competition shows, yeah, right. Where like they'll kind of shit on you. Like these guys will be like, "Okay, so in the future, yeah, if you want to serve fava beans that are fresh, the husk is inedible and they need to be peeled." Yeah. Or in the future, you have to always, you know, bone your fish in this way. Why? Well,
1: even when I sat down to watch a little bit with you the other day, because I usually am not really tuned into Chop. This is more of a Muriel alone time thing. Uh, that one guy was like, "Oh, you know, I treated the plantains. They remind me of." bananas so right. I did that and then at the judges table he was like plantains are more like a root vegetable you can't treat them like bananas even if you cook them all the way through they do resemble bananas but until you do that they're not he's like this whole inner thing is like rock hard and inedible or whatever yeah, like right. they really do teach people and I think it's because I'm kind of jumping to the jumping maybe to a conclusion here but a lot of times the people competing are like sous chefs or kind of like up and coming people with like, that are skilled and want to be good. And there's a certain level of like respect that the judges have for how vulnerable of a position they're in.
0: I mean, it's amazing. I think the ethics of the show are fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love them. Yeah. And I think that it's an amazing show for competition. Yeah. And I think it's like super about the food and they give people who haven't, don't have a chance, a chance. And I think it's really cool. I love this show. Okay. So basically you get four chefs in And sometimes they have the same culinary background. Sometimes they don't. Um, so like a really good one would be like, you know, four amazing sous chefs from like, you know, big time, like restaurants in New York city, right? Like sometimes you'll get these people in and it's like, they are like the real deal, Yeah. but they still want to compete, which I'm like, that is a, that's very brave. Yeah. So what you do is you have three rounds. The first is an appetizer round. Second is an entree. Third is dessert. And the first round is 20 minutes and you get a basket and that basket has uh, five ingredients, I believe, four or five ingredients, and they're all insane, right? So it's like um, blood sausage, uh, like caramel corn, uh, you know, uh, like a shrimp
1: and, yeah, and candy bears. canes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Right?
0: And like you have to figure out how to like crack the basket. So you look at all the things and figure out how to like make a yeah, beautiful- Yeah, each,
1: f- each uh, dish must incorporate all the basket ingredients plus whatever else you want from the pantry. But the big twist is you have to showcase the basket ingredients. So and you, and can't you have to transform them, them. them. And you have to so, transform So like you can't
0: them. just take a, like if they give you a potato or like I think a good, like, a good example is like, Oh, they give you some hamburger buns. Yeah. Like, they don't really like to see you then make a hamburger with a bun. Right. Like, or if
1: or you can't just, like, sprinkle your gummy bears on top of your thing at the very last second.
0: Right. They want to see, like, all of the things kind of, like, transform and, like, right. do the... Th- so, I think it's insanely creative. It's super crazy. It's super hard. And when you're watching people compete that are amazing it's just like you're like oh my god that's so smart like it's watching somebody paint a painting in 20 minutes or, yeah, yeah you yeah. know somebody like solve a crazy mathematical equation like a madman on a chalkboard you're like you know the peppermint relates to the anise seed in this like you know uh, fennel sausage blend yeah. and then that relates back to this like sweet gastrique you know like <laughs> yeah, they're just yeah, building yeah. this insane thing so those that's the best case scenario The other best case scenario is when it's a complete bloodbath. And that's when they have people on there that cannot cook.
2: Yeah,
1: But they
0: think they can. And that's also one of my... That's probably my favorite ones. So it's like people who are like...
1: (laughs) well they'll have like themed things so it'll be like grandpa's right or you know um cheerleaders I mean, or it's whatever like,
0: so messed up because if it's grandpa's like they <laughs> yeah. have to give them a hell of extra time and also <laughs> like they're all cutting the shit out of themselves so their <laughs> hands are covered in band-aids and like and like you'll basically watch the like the appetizer round yeah. and then like you know obviously it's this cooking show so they film the appetizer round, and then they all go kind of hang out in the green room. And then yeah. they, the staff comes and like cleans the whole kitchen, sets yeah. them up for the entree round. So between somehow the appetizer round and the entree round, all those grandpas have like seven bandages <laughs> yeah, on right. their fingers, yeah, 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 like yeah. they are cut. And uh the other thing that they do, oh man, it's just like it's it's really to me like one of the best like examples of a competition show. And it's one of the best examples of like the harder, the higher you fly, the harder you fall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the people that fail the hardest are generally the people, like the worst ones, like the heartbreaking ones are like, do you ever go to those restaurants that are like been around for 50 years? We all love them. You know, like they have like chicken Vesuvio or like flat iron steak with potatoes. And the guy is like, I'm a chef. But yeah. like the thing is, like, obviously it's just like, this restaurant is like just pumping out the same gray matter. It's been pumping out yeah, for yeah. like 50 years. Yeah. And they're like, I've been a chef for 50 years. in New York City." <laughs> la, 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 la. And they go up and they're like, all right, you have, um, eel <laughs> yeah, yeah. artichoke, like whole artichokes. Uh, <laughs> the one that kills people <laughs> yeah. is scallops. Cause like when you open like a raw scallop yeah. and you have to like, cause you have to butcher all your own meat. A lot of the right. time you open it, it's a full of guts and sand. I have watched dudes, like I swear to God, even I know this, like these dudes are like these big meaty dudes, like who who are like, yeah, I got this. I know what to do. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. like, I've never seen a scallop in my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Or like, like, rutabaga. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Never
0: once. You just sit in the grave. Yeah. You've never, like when we were watching it, this guy had like
1: never, like ever cooked an oyster. <laughs> you're kind of like okay like come oh on. wait well that one was ridiculous oh that was a funny that was uh the theme of that one was like romantic cooking yeah and it was just like people that they had found that's like i'm writing a cookbook called breakfast in bed cooking in boxers yeah. or whatever and that you
0: guy know? like could not cook at all he yeah. tricked them so hard because yeah. they just like write to the show and they're like i would be perfect for this and they're like awesome and they pick them for a segment and they get there and they don't know how to cook yeah right. like not really you know like they're bullshitting like, the funniest one I ever saw was like, oh, it's so good. There's a couple things. There's two, the two grossest ones, can yeah, I tell you? Yeah. First one, uh, scallops. They come in these big shells. The guy finally cracks it open, and he pulls the scallop out. So what the scallop is, is it's like the, like, muscly part on right. the inside of the shell. It's surrounded by guts and slime and sand. Mm-hmm. Like, if you open a, a scallop um, and, like, didn't don't know about it, yeah. it's, like, it's like a car wreck. It's like such a awful looking (laughs) thing. This guy scoops the whole thing out and breads it and drops it in the fryer. Uh,
1: so he really didn't know what a scallop was supposed to be. He didn't know
0: what it was supposed to be at all. And they get it on their plate and they're supposed to taste it and they cut open the beautiful thing and yeah. it just opens up and guts and <laughs> sand come like pulling out of the plate. And they're like, okay, so you're supposed to clean the sand out. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, I just have never worked with scallops before. <laughs> I'm like, are you no, out I'm of your I'm pretty body? sure you know that it
1: shouldn't be sandy. Come
0: on, I know. They say the dumbest shit. They're like, "Oh do know. It's like, okay, Well, okay, dude. Like you probably could figure that out. Uh, And then the other one, the worst one that I saw. I mean, there's so many, but one of the really bad ones I saw is they had Rocky Mountain oysters, which are cow cow, uh, bull balls. Yeah. And they're like this is kind of graphic, but bull balls like the testicles. I haven't eaten them. Yeah. But I've heard them like described a lot. So like they're supposed to be really creamy, like almost like um sweetbreads so if you've had that that's like the uh, thalamus gland yeah uh of like a like a veal or a cow yeah so like or like you know awful meat like or brain sure. it's like it has like this creamier fattier texture yeah and but the outside is what protects that which is like your balls so <laughs> yes. it's this like rubbery <laughs> insane ball casing <laughs> yeah. and this dude did not know yeah and he just fried him up balls intact with this outside thing in it that's like an inch thick <laughs> and then you know they get it and they're just like I'm sorry man I can't eat this like they're trying to cut it open and it's yeah. like like a rubber ball like flying across this like the plate they're like you have to peel the balls so I learned that
1: <laughs> uh you know I am the type of person who falls in love with people on TV all the time always have always will I yeah. figured Jessica Rabbit completely rocked my young little mind. I could not, literally could not handle Jessica Rabbit. And then Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny was sort of like the one where I was like, oh, that's a real woman. You know, that's when I graduated from cartoons. But you are, you always play it really cool. It might just be a difference between men and women. It might just be a difference between a romantic like myself and a cold-hearted statue like you. But you're very, you almost never like, are into men but you are in love with that one chop chef
0: i like a, i what do you don't say i'm not into men i have lots of i'm just not like you where i'd be like <laughs> oh my god that guy's so hot i just don't you want, you want me to be like hella flowery about it i'm into men you don't know what men i'm into
1: <laughs> and it's none of your fucking business if i don't want to tell you i'm not going to tell you okay well fair enough fair enough I, i'm not against that i my like point all is, of them no you're in love with the one dude. Iran? Iran? Yeah, you're Well, in love with the him. thing
0: is, Iran, he did not age well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because none of us are aging well. But I, I was in love with him at one point. Yeah. And I want because this show's been on for like a thousand seasons. It's like hella old.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, But I was waiting tables once and he did come into my restaurant. Yeah. And the thing about waiting tables in LA that's like ridiculous. I've done this twice. So I will mention both times. You see celebrities. Yeah. But you think they're your friends from improv. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's like so embarrassing
0: <laughs> yeah. because like you don't talk like you don't they don't look exactly the same as they yeah, are on tv right. and like iran sanchez came in and this man's like maybe 50 like yeah like late 40s early 50s and he's in there with this chick who's like 17 and uh not okay really, not underage but very young sure like like probably 25 years younger than him okay. easily and they come in and they sit down and I just walked straight up and I was like, and I have all these regulars and I'm yeah, there right. all the time. I right. see the same people every day. Right, so it's know? just
1: another familiar face.
0: Yeah, so I just walked in and I go, oh my God, huh? how are you <laughs> and he goes i'm great and then i was like hold on one second and i ran away <laughs> and then i gave the table to somebody else because <laughs> i realized who it was you want to know the other person i did that to yeah. shailene woody <laughs> whatever her name is woodley
1: i don't know yeah yeah shailene woodley? yeah my, the, the one we love from uh big little lies and um uh, she was incredible and spectacular. Now, yeah, spectacular.
0: Yeah. Now, she's incredible. She's, actress. So she's like a big actress. Yeah, she's, she's like
1: a A list, very yeah. famous
0: Shailene Woodley. Yeah, uh, she came in and I was like, "Hey, how are you?" And I was like, "I think we might know each other." <laughs> and then she goes. Maybe. And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, do you like do anything at UCB? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out. And she's like, yeah, I mean, maybe we've met. And then I walked away and I got to the back of the restaurant and it was like two tables in the restaurant. Yeah. And I'm like waiting, you know, so you're like making their drinks. They look over and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> ah! And I had to wait on her for like three hours. i do that all the time. Lupita Nyongo came into my place. Yeah. And she tells me, oh, she can't have, she's allergic to dairy. And I was like, well, we don't do substitutions. <laughs> and then she's like, well, I guess I'll just have the lip, you know, like this foie gras on this like gravy. And I was like, I was like, hey, there's a lot of dairy in that. And she's like, I don't care. I'll just eat it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like I have this like, like standoff of like, people do that all the time. where yeah, like, right. they just don't want to eat it. Yeah, yeah, So they'll be like, oh, I can't have that. And I'm like, well, okay, well these are the things you can have. You're, we're not going to take the dairy out. Yeah. And then they're like, well, Like, they realize I'm not going to do that. I mean, it's not my choice. (laughs) They realize it's not going to happen. So then they just order something with hella dairy in it. Yeah, right. You know, and I have to be like, we both look at each other. as like, oh, you want that? And then you just kind of twist the knife a little bit. And we're like, yeah, that's a lot
1: of dairy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I owe Bobby Lee a dessert. Bobby Lee (laughs) came in. (laughs) Why? Because... He came into the restaurant and we were just like so slammed. And I don't know if you remember this era of when I worked at Beer Belly, but desserts would take like 40 uh, minutes.
0: I, You would tell me these stories and I, my skin was, I was it literally was, like, I can't stand
1: it. I would I would just tell people don't order desserts. I was like, and, I, and we used to get in fights with the kitchen. It made no the sense. Man, it was, it, they're deep fried Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Deep fried, it was literally all carnival food for the desserts. So it was deep fried Twinkies, Oreos, and Pop-Tarts, right? It should take three minutes. It would always be like forty minutes. It would be the, it, they just did not prioritize it until I put up enough stinks. But anyway, enough stinks. Yeah, <laughs> I just farted in their face a lot. Uh, uh, finally, they fixed that. But when we were in the heat of that being terrible, Bobby Lee paid, uh, ordered dessert, and then paid for it, and then waited ten minutes and left. And so one day, when I become friends with him, I'm gonna give him some deep fried oreo. You know, on the on me. On Bobby Lee is very funny. Yeah, he's I
0: he's one of those guys when you see him during stand up like <laughs> in the flesh. Yeah. You're just like what is
1: happening? Oh! Because he was, I mean, he's always at the comedy store a lot, but when you and I were hanging out at the comedy store, he would show up there. Like we, I think we saw him like literally every time we were hanging out up there. Yeah. And he would just show the audience his pubes. Like if part of the room wasn't laughing, he would just show, he would be like doing jokes over here and then try a joke over there. And if they didn't laugh, he'd just be like, you get the pubes and just.
0: He (laughs) just just just, just splashed them his pubes. (laughs) You're just like, this guy is a live wire. He would do it so fast. You didn't even know what. Hit you. <laughs> he's not even like making a big deal about yeah. it. He's just like, his as an aside, he's like, Oh, you're not. He's just like, do a little flash. and then keep yeah. doing <laughs> yeah,
1: right. He's so funny. <laughs> uh. All right. So chopped is Muriel's show.
0: I loved chopped.
1: My show yes. is the Caribbean life. <laughs> okay. We did mention this on a Patreon episode, but one night Muriel and I just watched like, maybe six hours worth of something called the Mediterranean life. Okay. We talked more about it on the Patreon, but the, what that was, it's an HGTV, like real estate reality show, right? Where people want to move to the Mediterranean, That's Spain, right. Croatia, uh, like the F- France over there, whatever the hell, all those little places, right? <laughs> Nothing in Italy though. But anyways, and then it was just incredible. Cause Miralai are sitting here like, okay, well, if we can make money off the podcast, we can live anywhere. Right. Right. Well, that's true. But how much money do we need to make? If the answer is we live in LA, it's one number. If it's somewhere else, it's another number. So we—I just put on the show randomly, and these people are just getting these in beautiful, luscious Mediterranean apartments for like seven hundred dollars a month, all inclusive, all like fully furnished. The view of you know multiple rooms, stories, kitchen, pool. patio, pool everything sea view the ridiculous 700 bucks 1100 bucks these numbers were insane so we just sat there and just watched the whole thing so then what came up in the queue after that was the caribbean life
0: which is exactly the same but in the caribbean yes the
1: difference is the big difference is and why it can never really compete with the mediterranean life is that the caribbean life is people that are trying to buy properties in the Caribbean, which
0: is expensive. Not which that is, expensive.
1: No, it's not that. I mean, for what they get, I mean, yeah, there's, there's paying 400,000, 500,000, but what are they getting? A mansion with like two acres and direct, you know, access down to a private beach. I mean, you know what it's I mean?
0: out of control. And like, and the great common thread between the two that yeah. I really appreciate yeah. is everyone is so awkward yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. nobody there's no yeah. there's no confident host <laughs> yeah. if there's no confident anyone yeah the right. people buying the house are really really uncomfortable and the realtors are even weirder
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they really keep them off to the side yeah, the, they can't do anything. The real estate agents are like really not in it it's, that's actually a thing I really appreciate about these two shows is that when the people actually go into the places the real estate agent is not with
0: them like no one's filtering what their experience is. right and no. so
1: they n- so like you just hear these people like talk trash about wherever whatever the place is without the re- like when they because they walk up to a place with the agent and they'll be like oh this walkway is bad or like okay well the drive was bad to get here or it's further from town than I wanted or whatever kind of like negative thing and then the real estate agent kind of like counters that with like a positive things like but what you're getting for the money is this right and it's just like that annoying like tension that I hate so then the real estate agent stays outside and the people walk in and they get to just say whatever the hell comes to well mind. and
0: they're all monsters so like they also are just like annoying monsters so part of the joke is also that like they'll be like you know what i really want is an ocean view and then they yeah. go in there and they're like the cabinets are one eighth too small <laughs> yeah, right. and like the paint is blue it's <laughs> yeah, like bitch, right. this is a hundred thousand dollars under your asking <laughs> yeah, price right. like they're like yeah. the, the view is wonderful but i really wanted a dishwasher
1: (laughs) yeah right
0: you can buy like a thousand dishwashers (laughs) yeah
1: right you know or like the thing they'll just be like it'll be like a tile countertop and they're like we were really looking for granite it's like what are you talking about just buy the granite who cares i mean also just screw the counters you want to live in the mediterranean oh and you're gonna care that like an archway feels dated
0: i mean i the thing that i cannot stand is when they say it's not move-in ready because they don't like the decor like yeah meaning like they'll go to the kitchen and they wish like they want stainless steel appliances yeah and they want granite countertops and they want the kitchen to be gray and yeah. not white but here's the thing guys The stove is functioning. Yeah, right. The refrigerator is functioning. Everything about the kitchen is. Fully functioning and ready to go. Move and ready. ready, dummy. That's not like, well, you know, I don't like. They're literally acting like they can't cook in a kitchen that's not the color that they want. <laughs> yeah, right, I just yeah, want to be like, yeah. go to the balcony yeah. and then roll yourself over the edge. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just, are you kidding?
1: I know. And then they'll walk out, and it's just like the most incredible view. And they're like, well, this is really why we came here. And then they'll nitpick about how like the guest bedroom has two beds instead of one bigger bed
0: i mean or like they're out here trying to act like they're bawling that's the other thing yeah right they act like they're bawling but the the, the, the like the furniture's not to their taste yeah and right. it's like oh so you can't afford to replace the bed yeah like right. you know what i mean yeah, like you're yeah, gonna come yeah. out here and say like i'm gonna buy a mansion and i'm really important <laughs> and then it's like oh you don't you can't like swap out the bed like you don't have like the extra like fifteen hundred dollars yeah right you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, part yeah. Of me, i just like part of me is just like if you're going to act like... It's one thing if you're like, I'm very grateful for this and we can make small changes as we go, but
1: this is yeah. exactly
0: where I want to be. And then like, the fully furnished furnishings aren't exactly <laughs> what I wanted.
1: Yeah, right. It's like, what are you talking about? Just buy it or just buy it. Just buy it, you idiot. One thing I will say that they do almost across the board, which I really end up truly appreciating, what? is that they almost always buy the one with the best view and outside space. Like people, are will- people yeah. end up... I feel like as they should, like sacrificing things. Like those, like the list of what they, what everyone wants, is always like nauseating. It's like it needs to be walkable to town, but private. Right. I need a full ocean view with beachside access, but I don't want any of the salt spray to come off and hit the side of my balcony. Yes. Right. It's like I want three bedrooms and three baths, but you know they all need to have ocean view but i want the master bedroom to like be private from the other two yes it's just like what you know you literally can't ha- oh, and they have to have a pool Yes, right and it needs to and, and they- you know
0: like you have to have beach access and a pool <laughs> yeah i'm like are you kidding me right now <laughs> like you're gonna spend all this money to be like i need to have beach access and be like yeah but i can't do this if there's no pool yeah right. you're living next to the most giant pool in the world
1: your budget is one hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars <laughs> that is the worst, by far the worst thing, you kind of mentioned this already, is when someone will say, yeah, you know, we're looking at like between like uh, 300 and like 425 is our budget. And they'll, and then the agent will show them something at like 250 or something way below. And then it doesn't have like a garage or whatever the one dumb thing that they said they wanted. And they're just like, "Um, I mean, this is really not what we're, what, what we're, we were really hoping for like a swing set or something. And it's just like, it's so much cheaper. What do you just do that? It's just like, just buy the stupid thing, you dumb idiot. Yeah, it's
0: so annoying. You're like, I was really hoping for fruit trees. Guess how many fruit trees you could buy with this $200,000, yeah. like yeah. under the price of your real yeah. budget.
1: with this like lot that's like four acres bigger than you expected on this entire island. Uh, yeah, uh, I really
0: like to when one partner, uh, like one of the pairs, is like, like says like we're really locked into a two fifty budget and then the other one's like, Well, I mean we could go up to three (laughs) twenty five. And like they say that on camera. It's like every time. And then the other person just slowly turns to them (laughs) and just shoots daggers into their soul. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's just like they're so stressed. You know? Because most of the time it's like sometimes they're on the same page, but most of the time it's one person who's like, It's always been my dream and my parents are from
1: here. And then the other person's like, Yeah, I'm really excited. Well, that one girl, I mean, that one girl said, okay, God bless her. She was young. She knows no better. She says, I work in film and TV production, and I also run a nonprofit. And She at was like probably 25, 25
0: at, the, at the earliest.
1: So she's like, but I want to move down to the Caribbean life to take life. Slower. I can tell you something right now. Any 25 year old who is making enough money in film and television to be able to, who then wants to move, who has the money to move there, is not moving there. To be young and actually in film and television and making money and being ambitious and productive and successful. Is driven and will stay in Los Angeles to continue to I do mean, that work.
0: I will accept that, but I think that you do have to acknowledge some sort of baggage that you have with the situation. <laughs>
1: okay, that's fine. I all, I'm saying,
2: <laughs> all I'm saying
1: is that she was like, I first came to this island with my mom and my girlfriends and fell in love with it. And now I work in and I'm doing air quotes here, film Snickle and television. Is not working And I run a nonprofit. It's like you are a trust fund baby.
0: She and then well, this chick like saw a couple houses for what she wanted to do. She started with a budget that was 250000 Yeah. And she's like, but I could go up to like $425,000. Yeah. We just I like,
1: think it was even higher than that. It was I think like, like, well, like, like $550,000. Yeah, five fifty. Yeah. We were just like, what? So they, she saw this house and she was like, it wasn't that, it wasn't like good enough. It was good. And she was, she wasn't even that bratty, except for she's just not, it's just clearly not her money. She runs a nonprofit. Anyways. So then, <laughs> so then, anyways, of course, she ends up, the guy just shows her a couple of, Lots, so she buys the most incredible lot, and now she's gonna spend, you know, then no, what. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm There's so worked up about like, this girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so worked up about her. So what happened was she saw, she saw, she set her price low. Then they showed her a house that was like way lower than her price, and she said, "You know, this is nowhere near good enough." Instead of saying, "Show me something that's closer to my budget," she said, "I'm going to have to up my budget." So she went from like three twenty-five to like five fifty. So she ends up buying a, an empty lot and then having a dream house built for her that ends up being over six fifty. I mean, I just was like, you know,
0: on some level, you can kind of think, okay, 25, on your own, yeah. you got a job in film and television production, yeah. and now you make so much money that you're tired of the rat yeah, race.
1: <laughs> and you need to
0: retire to the Caribbean <laughs> yeah. and like work in film and television from the Caribbean. Yeah, right. uh, you know, it's like okay, maybe if you're buying a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, yeah, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, like maybe there's something in that. Maybe she can do it remotely. Yeah, you know, or if like, she'd been
1: like in the Mediterranean, being like, my budget is you know six hundred dollars a month.
0: Yeah, right. And yeah. it's like then there are people who do that. Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, like I can kind of maybe see how that happens. Right. But I mean, the idea that you're then going to then, it's not just that you're going to move like some people who are broke, like there are some TV people who like worked in television and are like broke that move out there and they're like, I'm on a fixed income. Yeah, right. I cannot spend more than $1,200 a month all inclusive, everything including food, right? right? Yeah. And like, that's what what we would be. Right. Right, Like we're like, yeah, that's what we're shooting for. You're broke, but you're broke in paradise, right? Yeah, right. And like your buck goes a little further. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Right. Right?
1: Yeah, that's our current goal.
0: But it's like how are, like we wouldn't be able to then like, I mean, the idea that she's going to go, been six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to to build a like two-story like dream house that's on the water where the waves break underneath your house and it's yeah. on stilts yeah right. and it's all private beach and then she's gonna have to supervise all of the building right. the best part was at the end it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> the best part is they go she's like okay let's break ground on my building so she's out there for some reason with the realtor which i made no sense yeah. like all her blueprints of like where she like how she <laughs> yeah, wanted yeah. to develop this land and the build like the realtor was like okay <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they go, both go out there with the shovel and like she's wearing like high heels and this like little dress and she kind of like scrapes the shovel onto the ground <laughs> yeah. and then like throws it to the side and she's like <laughs> Okay. Like <laughs> runs away. <laughs>
2: it's like, I'm sure
0: you're going to do an excellent job supervising. The
1: yeah. Right. Or are you just going to have your mom tell you when it's done?
0: I mean, come
1: on. Uh, there was a very funny string of episodes where all it was all like older couples, uh, where the wife, like they did the little intro and they showed up to the first house and she was just completely like oh, lobster sunburned. So red. burned. So burned. Like, call it the doctor. It was multiple hurt. episodes in a row. Take her to the hospital yeah. she's
0: burned dude yeah. burned as hell yeah. it was just like you look at that and then she's all dressed to the nines with yeah. her little dress on and it's just like she just looks like a walking ouch
1: okay so out of okay so the Mediterranean life where the we're looking at that's more like our speed like this is how much money we make being digital nomads or whatever you know this is our budget where would you want to live out of like the cities and places that they showed
0: well, honestly, yeah, I thought the prettiest place was Croatia, yeah, yeah, I thought that that was like the
1: like the most like prettiest place Croatia seemed really incredible. What about you? I mean the Spain, I guess Spain oh yeah, yeah, yeah I mean yeah. Spain is I mean it's all they're all right next to each other. Malta seemed r- remarkable, but it was just like so small, yeah right um, I feel like if you lived in Spain, I mean I know Croatia like when we were in Sicily, and Davey was like, oh, you could have come to Croatia. It's like cl- everything is close over there. Yeah. Um, so it's not like living in Spain is that you have more access than Croatia or something. I think maybe just because of like Salvador Dali or something. I've always wanted to live in Spain. I and,
0: love I went to Barcelona for like a couple of weeks with my mom and I love Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona is insane. Yeah. And so
1: I think probably Spain. Uh, what about in, uh, in the I mean, all the Caribbean stuff, to be honest. The one thing that's unfair about the way they present the Caribbean lifestyle is it's just like super sort of like whitewashed. like it's all like u s. territories or the Dutch and the French, you know, split this island in well, half. I mean, and there's no like
0: it, it's yeah, right. I mean,
1: I'm just saying they don't present it as like the culture of this place. It's basically like where, you know, you know, Americans can go and have these kind of luxurious sort of experiences where in paradise, but it's not like exciting places to live.
0: I would counter that by saying, I think that it's just way more problematic. Yeah. You know, like just in terms of colonialism and like, it just was just really disturbing. Like they (laughs) talk about like the histories and you're just like, ah, yeah, I mean like we know, we all know History is really disturbing. Yeah, And the history of colonialism is really fucking disturbing. Yeah, basically, you You know, know,
1: genocide and slavery. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, they're like, yeah, we, you know, like sugar plantations. I mean, it's just like, I think the thing about the Caribbean is like, it's just, I can't look past that. Right. That's like how I felt. I was just like, this is just hard. Like when they start talking about like the Dutch versus the French side and which one you'd rather live in. Because, you know, it's just like. You know, it's different than just like pulling up to like a place in Spain and getting a place and like that's the culture and like you learn Spanish and like right. You know, it's I don't know (laughs)
1: because they're the colonizers. They never had to leave there. As I was saying it, I was like,
0: "There's no Croatia." (laughs) Okay, I don't know. I mean, it's all it's all a big mess. But I did think like there was just this weird get out vibe coming from (laughs) the Caribbean, where I was just like, "This is." But the other thing that I just keep thinking of is like the hurricane yeah right you know like they're just sitting there uh, like when you really look at like the most desirable property yeah you're just on the edge of the island yeah and then the, the hurricane came in your house is gone <laughs> like there's no debating that yeah right yeah, you know what yeah, I, mean?
1: yeah, like, yeah I was yeah, like yeah, how
0: long do you think this house is gonna be here yeah dude? right you know as opposed to kind of like a beautiful like mountain village in spain where you can yeah. see the ocean and like it's like you know green and whatever
1: okay i have another question for you okay what if you had to come up with your episode of chopped okay what would it be meaning what like category of person would you want to see compete like if you had to come up with like a goofy you know theme for an episode
0: (laughs) restaurant gm's
1: Oh damn! Front like of front house of house GMs, GMs.
0: <laughs> because they're all full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I have a lot of GMs that I love, like seriously yeah, of love. Course, of course, of but course. But I have, in the past, especially yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. younger, worked with like people who are just like, you know, power tripping, like can't, don't really know as much as they think they know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. know, like people who kind of like that would be a fun one. I think. Oh, here's another one that would be fun. This yeah. is just based on being a server for a thousand years. Yeah. Um, uh, like owners uh-huh. who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah,
2: so like, right, I yeah. I can't tell you the amount of times. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like
0: I worked at a place once, like in Chicago. There's two places, and I mean not two. There's more than that. I think I've worked for one person who was an owner yeah. that was like amazing on the floor. Yeah. Like meaning like. Typically, like an owner manager is like got some money from somewhere yeah. and opened a place and doesn't know how to cook and doesn't know how to wait tables. Right. And they have a lot of input as to how you should do your job. Yeah. But they, they can't don't, handle they don't, a they don't, section.
1: Yeah. They, they could, couldn't get on the line during the lunch right. rush. They couldn't do
0: yeah. any ass, which I always yeah. just think is insane. It's like yeah. if you're a cook and you open a place, that right. makes sense. And yeah. if you're a server and then you turn into a GM and then yeah. you own a place because you've been a server like that's your point of view that makes sense you've worked in this industry in some regard yeah. and then you open a place like that makes sense there are so many people that just get a nut from somewhere yeah and they open a place and they have all these opinions about what's going <laughs> yeah. on and they like i literally have worked in several places where i was the only server on <laughs> yeah. it filled completely up like on a thanksgiving before like thanksgiving weekend yeah. or something like that and the it's just me and the owner, and the owner can't even figure out how to refill Coke. Yeah. You know, where you have to like start, like, I've been in that position yeah, right. so many times where I've been like, you just need to calm down and focus Yeah, right. because they're freaking yeah, out, yeah, yeah. you know, because they've never had to do that. And they've only had to tell you, like, you need to wear your hair in a ponytail. Yeah, right. or when you talk to, to customers, like, I want you to put your hands behind your back. Yeah, right. Like, just yeah, say yeah, the yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they're really into, like, where you put the plate. Yeah. But, like, they actually don't have any sense of, like, how the service run and whether or not things are working. And those are the people that would be. When I say GM, I actually mean that
1: right okay yeah like
0: let them feel pressure because they are the funniest people in the world to see pressure
2: (laughs) yeah yeah uh Uh,
1: i know it's crazy i always think about like small business owners and all this stuff and i just there's a family i call them my cousins they're from seattle i won't say their last name people know who i'm talking about and the the dad of the family paul is has this remarkably successful construction company right and he just started it himself and he was just a handyman who was good at you know Everything, redoing yeah. kitchens and shit and 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 i used to work for them when i uh, when i was a teenager i i, I didn't work for them full time but sometimes on the weekends i wouldn't you know i would just check in and if they had work for me i'd go work for them and he had like crews you know remodeling like gorgeous homes in seattle and i remember i was underneath this house like i can't remember like pulling like some meaning some little task that had to be done for like an hour or it's like pulling (laughs) nails out of something or whatever right and there was a problem under the house that the you know the uh, foreman didn't couldn't figure out no one knew what to do and they were like calling Paul and Paul shows up and he's like the boss and everyone kind of stops and waits to see what he's gonna say and Paul pulls out a flashlight and crawls underneath the house and looks at the thing and figures it out and comes back out and has the answer and it's like That's That's why that's why his company is successful. Yeah, right. Because the boss crawled under the thing and got dirty and figured it out. Yeah. You know, and that just I always think about that whenever I work for these restaurant people, you know, these restaurant tours and they just like don't know how to chill a shot of tequila. Like nothing, you know, (laughs)
0: and they're just like, Well, I did work for this my favorite guy that I ever worked for, Dan Sachs, who owned uh bin thirty six in Chicago for a long time. Yeah uh he would do exactly the same thing because like he's like super super cheap so even though we make like 465 an hour he would just cut all the servers yeah so we had this like restaurant that had like i don't know 250 seats it was was huge and so he would sit there and if it's quiet he just sits there in the corner he's dressed beautifully he's got a tie on he looks great he sits in the corner he's like fuck it go home and he sends everybody home yeah. and then there's two servers and then the whole restaurant fills up and that man is running around the restaurant. Like I have worked in the trenches with him so many times. Yeah. As like, an
1: expert, you're saying he shows up ready. He's for amazing. Yeah. He just
0: says, go home. He tells everybody to go home. Yeah. And if we get slammed, guess who's out there. Taking orders. Yeah. Like opening bottles of wine. Like what he would do is be like, you take the orders, and then he'd go around. He's running food. He's opening bottles of wine. He's pouring things. He's checking on things. He's giving people (laughs) shit for free. He's out there. He and I worked the cheese bar once. Yeah. And we were just like out there. We were just like dead. It's like me and him. And the cheese bar is like, like it's just it's a station essentially like all the servers had to work as like an actual cooking station. So we were putting the cheese boards together for the, for the whole, like, uh, like the whole restaurant. It's like happy hour. You know, we've got 75 stupid ass, cheese boards yeah, like if you can imagine like yeah, yeah. how much actually and each work cheese that is. board
1: has like seven cheeses and, seven cheeses and, and all of these like
0: perfectly cut pieces of jelly yeah. and like all this <laughs> stuff and i was just like throwing stuff on there and like making these designs and he's like he's like why he's like this isn't a fucking like mayan ruin it's <laughs> <laughs> like i was like whatever <laughs> like yelling at each other yeah right, right. like that's where you're at like you yeah, know in yeah. that moment
1: like you're like in that your coworkers. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's the boss, but you have to get through this together now.
0: <laughs> you know, I told you this story. He liked me, but, like, did not. We really like. I, yeah, I think he really liked me. He I thought he was it. great. Yeah. But I, when I first started working for him, <laughs> yeah. I told him this story about how I ate all that nutmeg. and got really high. I did yeah. it. And it was like, I. we've told this story in the podcast before. I won't go into it if you're a newer listener. Yeah. If you eat a lot of nutmeg, the spice nutmeg, you can Google it. If you eat a lot of it, it's a hallucinogenic. Yeah. So and Nick it's and terrible, I, don't do it. It's terrible, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's the worst. Yeah. Nick and I did it to prove my brother wrong yeah. and we're high for like three days. Yeah. It's like, and it. I can't express how much you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But that story is insane. So I was at lineup at this really fancy restaurant yeah. and we're all sitting around and I start telling this story. And people could not believe that it was true. Yeah. And he was sitting there like looking at me and he goes, that's he's like, that can't be true. And I was like, no, no, it's true. And I was like, but the craziest thing is if you take a hot dog and you wrap it in tin foil, and you put it in the oven, take it out. And then you put a little bit of, like, I just started describing this thing and yeah. I was like, you wouldn't believe how high that gets you. <laughs> and he was like, really? <laughs> I was like, no.
1: <laughs> he didn't talk to me for like three days. So <laughs> so you just like tricked him in after front of tell, a whole staff. After meeting? telling everybody that
0: I was doing all these insane drugs, it was just like this weird compulsive thing.
1: Yeah. Right. I don't know what. You just fucked with him in front yeah. of his entire staff.
0: And and then it was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he kept me on. That staff was insane. They just used to only do Coke. I it was the. Well, can we do... talk
1: about Oprah's wine guy?
0: Oh my god, the same place that I worked. Uh, there was, uh, at the time, at one point in his life, he was Oprah's wine buyer for yeah. a period
1: of time. And he was like a part owner of this restaurant. He was a right? part owner. Yeah.
0: And he is a black gay Republican. Yeah. Who hates everyone and listens to rush limbaugh like so back like not like republican like whatever but like that socially conservative yeah like version of republican that's like you're just kind of like all right like i don't and he's like wild right uh we had a uh, like a christmas party and he sang prince and he did it in prince's octave yeah and then at the end this dude is probably at the time like maybe 50 late 50s yeah he ended it doing a full ass hit the ground (laughs) splits and everybody just screamed (laughs) like nobody knew what to do it's like doing this karaoke thing so this guy used to his signature move was he'd walk up behind you and grab the fat on the back of your arm on the inside and twist the shit out of it yeah like pinch you
1: Like as an act of aggression, right? Like not playful. No,
0: no, it was not playful. He hated everyone. And he would
1: do it because you were making a mistake or you were... He he doesn't like the way you're walking through the dining
0: room. You're not like... And he used to plant himself. I was like the service bartender. Yeah. And he'd check my pores. So like I would have these flights of wine. And each flight had to have exactly 2.5 ounces in it that I had to do visually. And the flights are four glasses. So the line is... so in my if you make if you know like about like a service bar so it's like you have like a well all your wine is in the well and you're you know pulling all these bottles out of your well and you're lining all of the drinks up on the bar right and then the servers come and take them away yeah so instead of one glass of wine we would have these flights with four glasses of wine with little pours in them so they're four glasses deep right from me so like standing on like my tippy toes yeah with my hand on the end of the bottle pouring as far as i can reach that's the top of the like first glass yeah to get like
1: two ounces right and i have to
0: get perfectly 2.5 ounces so that's four glasses deep and as many as like nine wide yeah so four times nine what 30
1: no that's four times nine is 40 i don't know no 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 (laughs) it's 36 okay uh
0: so like 36 glasses of wine on this thing and they all have to be exactly 2.5 ounces and yeah. they're all different wines so it's like you're not just pouring one you're like switching out the bottle yeah, constantly right. and he would just stand there for nine hours with a little example glass with 2.5 yeah. ounces of water in it yeah. and hold it up to my glasses and scream in my face <laughs> <laughs> I'm Oprah's wine buyer. (laughs) Such a nightmare. Screamed at people. uh, One time he kept following people around trying to pinch the back of their arms. And so they would, they, uh, and he kept bumping into the backs of them because he never said behind. Yeah. And he thought the entire waitstaff was playing a trick on him (laughs) and making him run into their backs. Yeah. And so he started screaming in the middle of the dining room in a full suit just going, (laughs) ah, what you're doing
2: <laughs>
0: I know what you're trying to do to me <laughs> trying to pull him off the floor this is insanity uh, so I want to see those
2: people
1: <laughs> let's do yoga let's get fit thank,
2: thank you, you for, for listening. listening you guys
1: are incredible we'll you support us we love you thank time. you so so much follow us on Instagram Twitter Facebook whatever
0: that's right I don't know man You know, we're recording this episode early because I got to get out of town. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people to thank, but, you know, that's all in the future, man. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. uh, Get out there and listen. Listen, listen, listen. If you're enjoying this podcast, which I know you are. We uh, a lot. There's a lot of people to listen to this podcast. Way more people listen to this podcast than leave reviews.
1: (laughs) So just
0: know I see you and I'm going to remember this. (laughs)
1: Leave us a review. Hit us up on Patreon. All those kind of fun things. Together.
0: Uh, listen, if y'all like really like start like listening and sharing the podcast and writing reviews and joining the Patreon, you know what's going to happen. What? We are going to uh, move
1: let- to the Mediterranean. And yes.
0: <laughs> we are going to show you what Mediterranean life is like. We're going to be able to like live in the Mediterranean together. Yes. You know, if you're curious about anything, listen if y'all just all sign up for our patreon and everything just changes you know like you can tell we'll let you vote on where we live (laughs) i swear to god if we get there if we get there by christmas that's our deadline (laughs) if we get there by christmas and this works we will put it to a vote where are we gonna move yes and we'll let you vote on it but only people who sign up for the patreon because (laughs) most of you
2: guys are losers
1: (laughs) that's not true we love you we love you you you. we'd be nothing without you okay Okay, bye bye.
2: (laughs) Screw it, screw it, just going to talk
1: about comics do you like comic books? Do you like brothers? Do you like brothers talking about comic books? Then this is the podcast for you. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics.
0: Will Hines and Kevin Hines, performers from the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater and actual brothers talk about actual comic books they love, like Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, and many
1: more. If you prefer your podcast to be about fictional people talking about fictional books, this isn't it. But otherwise... Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media.
0: Campfire.